She Did It Her Way podcast, episode 137, Creating Community and Overcoming Fear with Cordova Pleasance. The final six-part of the six-part series, my friends. Welcome to the She Did It Her Way podcast, a collective of interviews with top female entrepreneurs from around the globe who have done it their way. These women are disruptors, savvy, courageous, confident, innovative, decisive, unconventional, and humble. Our ladies have proven business models, have taken risks, and have failed only for success to follow. Join us as they share their stories, behaviors, habits, mindset, thought processes, and what it is like to be a woman who means business. And now, here's your host, Amanda Bolin. Hey, She Did Her Way listeners, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I cannot believe that we are on the finale of this six-part series with Cordova. Super exciting, but don't worry, we will be doing check-ins, whether it's three months, six months, not sure exactly how often, but we definitely will be checking in with Cordova. Also, as promised, you guys, the lead gen is finally finished. I'm super excited. I love being able to create those things and all also, I'm just super excited about all the information that's in it, especially the five things that you must know before launching a business. And you definitely you don't want to miss it. So if you're not on the email list, make sure you go to she did herwaypodcast.com, sign up, and you will get it immediately. And also, if you're listening right now, you guys actually, it's in your inbox if you're already on the email list. So make sure you head back and check. Even if it doesn't come to your main email inbox, it might be in promotion. So double check there as well. And as always, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope you're having a fantastic Thursday. Yesterday was International Women's Day, Girl Power. So thankful for the community that you guys bring to the table each and every day, every week. And we can't do it alone. So let's all do it together. And you guys are going to enjoy this episode. Yay. I was just telling Cordova that I'm like excited for this last one, but I'm also sad because this is the last one. It's the sixth yeah. of the sixth part series. And then she was going to go into something and she's like, I'm going to save it for the podcast. And I'm like, great. I'm going to press the call recorder. So as per usual, I'm going to stop talking and why don't you, you take it away. And I'm going to press pause because there's, or not pause, but mute because there's definitely some, I don't know, construction going on in this building. So, all right, you got the floor. Oh, well, thanks again for having me. This is definitely a bittersweet episode just because I've started to receive like really fun messages from, you know, listeners from across the country, you know, people messaging me on Instagram and Facebook and through the website. So it's been really fun to like connect with those people. Yeah. So it's cool because, you know, I follow them now and they're following me. So that was one thing. Um, that I actually have been waiting to talk about with you, Amanda, is, um, you know, finding a mentor or, you know, like the mastermind group. And like when I was first on this like journey, like last year of just like exploring ideas and whatnot, it kept popping up of like, you know, find your mentor and like find your mastermind group of people who are like like-minded and you can jive with and, just meet with and explore ideas with and I just I don't have anybody like that like I don't have anyone that I know who is in the e-commerce business or who's like really like (laughs) 
taken it forward with, you know, female entrepreneurship. I just don't really have anyone like that. And I don't have a mastermind group or anyone to really look to. So it's been really nice to have people connect with me because I feel like, you know, they're in the same boat and they're really like the first couple of people that I've started to see who are in similar shoes that I'm in. So it's been really great. That's awesome. Yeah, shout out to all those ladies. <laughs> I totally, I share a, like extreme sentiments too. I mean, this past weekend when we were in a coffee shop, I was with like three other girls that were also working in the Barcelona trip and we like swung through Paris on the way home and we like, we both, well not we both, but we were all just like, man, it's so awesome to be able to have friends, like have real authentic conversations and talking about like just business and talking about money and talking about savings yeah. and everything like of that sort and being supportive with one another. It's so important. It is. And one of my favorite quotes is like, um, I forget how it goes, but it's like, you know, successful people talk about ideas and average minds talk about people. And it's just so like invigorating when you get to meet with somebody who just has all these ideas and you're just like, yes, (laughs) like give me your ideas and I will tell you mine. (laughs) So yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I'd, yes. <laughs> Sharing the ideas. I've heard of that quote too before, like um, like be, paying attention and being aware of the conversations that we exchange with one another. And, and um, like if you ever noticed or I've noticed previous conversations that I've had with people where relationship and connections are built off of talking negative or basically what you can call <laughs> is like drama or gossip. Yeah. And it's so like – as you move through and you start to eliminate those conversations in your vocabulary and dialogue, when someone starts, like you can immediately tell when a person starts talking negative and you're like, get me the F away right (laughs) now. Yeah. And I think if you can pick up on that right away, you're already a step ahead. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm Mm-hmm. So I was thinking on this last podcast, um, I could, share how my launch party went because I don't think we ever touched base on that because it's been a while since we chatted yeah I mean I think we talked maybe a little little bit but I don't think I don't think a ton so share with us on that yeah so uh, yeah I was thinking we could talk about the launch party um this last week I went to the magic fashion and apparel trade show in Las Vegas um yeah I was crazy so we'll go into that and then I was um, I'd like to introduce everyone to the membership side of Resolute Boutique and Lifestyle mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if there's time left we'll maybe talk a little bit just have some girl talk and just wrap it up I don't know <laughs> yeah let girl talk that's yeah. awesome so take us into your launch then okay so I threw a launch party um, several weeks ago now I think it was f- February sometime in February that I threw a launch party and I did it like six weeks into launching the business Uh, and I think that was a really good move on my part just because by that time I had had like a little bit of an audience Um, so yeah if you haven't had a launch party yet (laughs) just wait a little bit um, and then build up your audience and then do it Um, actually I feel like we did talk about this well I remember we talked a little bit about how when you you did the launch party, it was very intimate. It was not like you were trying to push product or anything of that yeah. nature. And you just wanted people to experience and see your fashion line. 
Yeah. Okay. We did talk about oh. it because <laughs> it sounds familiar. Yeah. That, yeah. That's pretty much it. Um, and it went really, really well. So I definitely encourage people, you know, if you're just starting out, just like kind of hold off on your launch party and then, and do it like, you know, I did it six weeks in and I could have even pushed it back even later just to get more, um, excitement out of it. But it, I had a really good response from it. The one thing that I wish that I had done, because um, I did not want to push product on people, I didn't really want it to be a, like a pop-up shop, like, you know, like a Pampered Chef show or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do wish that I had brought my laptop because there were people that wanted to buy right then and there, but I wasn't set up. I didn't have a point of sale system because I didn't want that. But I wish that I would have had my laptop and be- had been like, well, let me just show you the website so you can learn how to shop on it. And then if they wanted to place an order, they could have right there. Um, but then it wouldn't have been so like, you know, here's my cash register. <laughs> <laughs> did you go in with a plan? I don't know if I, I can't remember if I asked you this, but did you go within a, in with a plan for your launch? Um, your, yeah, the launch, a plan to, wow, I cannot speak, it's <laughs> jet lag, um, but did you go in with a plan for your launch in order to measure it, or was it more of just PR, it's brand awareness, or did you want to measure sales of any sort from that? Um, I went in with just PR um, and just kind of to have a social event. I did, one thing I did do is I had a newsletter sign up, so if you signed up for the newsletter, you were entered to win like a door prize so I had like um product that I gave away as like prizes and so that was really cool because um that's like one of the main things that like marketing intel drill into your head is like build up your email list Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so there I was I had a piece of paper that said you know sign up for the door prize by entering your email address and getting people on the newsletter so that was good because um I actually had like half of the women that showed up were people that um, I had never met before. They actually had just moved to town and they heard about it like on Facebook um, and they came because they were excited because there's not a whole lot of places to shop here in town. So that was really cool because, you know, they had moved here from like there with the Coast Guard or something. And so they're now on my newsletter. And so now, you know, they're a part of it. Mm-hmm. Creating that community. Yep, definitely. So, um, well, let's talk about the magic trade show because that was like yeah. so like dying. I'm so I'm still just like digesting all of it because it was so awesome. I just I can't believe it. So, my advice to anybody that does like a physical product is to go to a trade show because that is just hands down the best way to get your head in the game and to network with people and to just like absorb like every like ounce of information out there and it was just really cool because um, in fashion and apparel you shop for the next season so this last week you know February 21 through 23 it's February but we're shopping for fall so to be able to see the trends, yeah, so to see the trends coming that are going to be here in September and October, it's it's just like you're so far ahead of it, you know, to see and forecast for styles and colors and fabrics and materials. So, man, I brought my girlfriend with me. I call her like my style advisor because <laughs> yeah. 
Um, she's just she loves shopping herself, but also she appreciates quality and sewing and the, the same things that I do. And so on day one, it was a three day show. On day one, I met with four new uh, brands and lines that I wanted to take on um, that I had like reached out to beforehand. So it was like Mink Pink, um, Bella Doll, all these just great, great companies with great histories and backgrounds and um, and whatnot. So it was really cool because when you make appointments, you get the time, you get like a two-hour block to sit oh, down wow. and you go through each one of the clothing items that come. And so just to handpick items. So I, I literally shopped from now all the way through October. So I have items coming March, April, May, June, July, you know, all the way through October. And I like personally selected them. And what's really cool is a lot of the booths have models. So you can have the items be tried on so you can make sure that the fit is right. And then also what's really important to me is like quality. So to be able to take the piece of clothing and inspect it for, you know, did they do a double hem? Like, did they fold it over and sew it? Or did they just do a quick, like, cheap <laughs> cut and sew? And I don't like that cheap stuff at all. So I really look for, you know, quality stitching, you know, what, and even the type of string that you used in your in your clothing, um, like cotton versus a polyester string is important because one will wash and one will break. Oh, so, yeah. And I learned that because my grandmother taught me to sew. And so, you know, having the background of like creating my own garments and then now going to the trade shows and like seeking out these quality pieces um, has really helped with that. So I'm super excited because I, oh my God, the items that I found are so good. <laughs> like, so wait, I, when do they ship to you? Then after you pick them, like at what point did, did you say they ship to you? Um, it depends. So, like, when you go into a booth or, like, a line, so, for example, Saltwater Lux um, was one of my new favorite brands, and a little backdrop background behind them is I went with them because they have this, like, beachy, bohemian, West Coast vibe, but what they do is there's these two sisters, they go, they live in L.A., and they, like, deep dive throughout like all these uh, fabric stores and they find dead stock materials. So materials that are already there, but nobody uses cause you know, they're, they're done with. And oh. then, yeah, so it's a way of upcycling. So they don't create any new fabrics, you know, and create any new waste. They just go through and like handpick these really great fabrics that n- nobody wants anymore, but they're actually awesome. And then they cut their patterns with them, so they're like one-of-a-kind styles because they use dead stock material. But anyway, so you go into their booth, and it's, you know, they have like immediate. So anything that's available now through like April on one rack, and then they have, they'll have like their summer rack um, that ships July, you know, in August. And then they'll have their fall that ships, you know, September and October so you basically start on one side of the rack and you go throughout the next eight months worth and then it breaks down into ship dates so you know you you might have like one order but things come in March and things show up in June and then here comes more items in September so it's it's really cool because 
Oh my God, just the items that I found are so good because I, I just love unique items, like ones that you can't find, like unless you're boutique shopping in like Paris or something, you yeah. know, these like extremely unique pieces that are really well made um, and that fit really nicely and are by brands, you know, that actually have a good name to them. So, you know, oh man, it's awesome. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm excited to see them too. Yeah, and one of one of the lines that I found, I was in the bathroom and this girl walks in with this like lace top and it was just the way that it fit and I looked at the lace and I just I love quality materials. Hey Cordova, really quick. Yes. Uh, th- your mic, there's something I think scratching along the side of it. Oh, by chance. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I figured you had no idea, but I was like, "I'll just ask her." <laughs> Thanks. Um yeah, so I was in the bathroom and I'm just like looking at this girl's top and like the way that the lace had scalloped around the sleeve. I was like, oh God, I love your shirt. And she's like, well, come to my booth. I was like, oh, okay. So after the bathroom, we went over to her booth and it turns out that, you know, she's like 28, 29 years old. She's, you know, my age and she's out of Florida and she makes her own line of these like ridiculously gorgeous outfits you know they're what's these it, delicately what's made. called um i'm not gonna tell you <laughs> <laughs> i was like no you know what actually that's so smart i don't know why i would ask because i was like oh i want to see this but i totally get it <laughs> yeah trade secret you'll see it when it comes online because what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna have a snowbird collection so you know many people here in Alaska or northern climates, you know, in the middle of the winter, we travel to Hawaii or, you know, Australia, wherever to catch some sun in the winter. But when you're, when it's winter, you can't ever find like swimsuits or, you know, resort type wear available because it's not in season. But mm. I'll, I'll have that because I've, I've just always loved swimwear and resort type wear. And so, you know, this brand, she just makes the most intricate, like lace tops and rompers and jumpsuits and dresses and they are so well done um they retail for a couple hundred dollars but it's like they're one of a kind items that you just they stand out so much like like you would see them on pinterest and you would like hunt it down for hours like where did this come from it's so good Ooh, i can't <laughs> yeah. wait to see it yeah so i'm very excited so a lot of my items you know coming within the next couple of months and basically throughout um summer and into the fall they're definitely like they're on the higher end but that's because I sought them out on purpose you know because they are made with you know good fabrics materials that don't exploit people in foreign countries and you know I like the ups ups uh cycling of materials and then just quality and just unique like oh my god it's so beautiful I want to die mm-hmm. <laughs> so oh so excited it was so that was so on day one you went around you had your meetings is that the same thing that you did on day two so day two what I did was I met with existing vendors and um what I've learned so this was my second trade show and I was so like I'm so happy that I've been able to go to these trade shows because you just get a completely like like new perspective every time you go and so within the magic trade show it's in las vegas and it takes up two convention centers the las vegas convention center and the mandalay bay convention center because it's so big 
So within the Magic Trade Show, there is 11 different shows. So there's like Platform, which is shoes. And then there's Project, which is more on the higher end where like um, DL 1961 denim comes from. That's the jeans that I carry. Um, and then a lot of the, all of my new meetings were on in the project sh- trade show. Um, but then on day two, when I met with my existing vendors, one of my vendors, because they're on the lower end, Mod Ref, they're more um, what they call Women's Wear Daily or WWD. Um, it's more like fast fashion. And that was in the like the other end of the strip and it takes like a full hour just to get to the other end um, into the WWD show and the difference between project and WWD is insane like at project they have you know you meet with your um, your vendor and your sales rep one-on-one you go through each item there's a model there they give you like champagne (laughs) there's like Mm. makeup touches touch-ups um you know a photographer there to update your profile picture and then you go to wwd and it's like black friday like it's chaos and there's people everywhere and you don't really meet with a sales rep because you know the items are just so much lower priced um and they don't forecast for fall it's everything it's like right now you know, get your hands on it now before it's gone. And it's just, it's exhausting <laughs> because you're just like elbow to elbow with people. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that was good. Cause I do want to carry like, you know, I do have one line that is lower end cause I do want to meet that side of things to have, you know, a little bit more affordability for some of my customers. Um, but yeah, just to see some of the brands who before this whole process got started to see those brands in WWD um, changed my personal opinion of them only because I just have this like strong thing inside of me to just care like go with companies that care about the environment and Mm. care you know where their products are sourced because it's not just about like the people that sew the garments it's also you know where does the fabric come from because if the cotton is being made in India you know a lot of times there's like a lot of toxins and hormones and um, just really bad byproducts that's ruining the farmland there and it just has all these cascading effects that you don't think about because you're not concerned with it because here's a t-shirt for $15 you know Mm. so just wow just like having this like mind-boggling experience of just like oh my god these companies should be shut down (laughs) can't handle it yeah I mean we were this is um like a kind of a side comment in the sense of like what you're talking about this weekend we were sitting at a cafe that was across from Louis Vuitton and we just got into a like a really in-depth conversation about marketing and how companies have you know branded themselves to a way to create that value about and i i i don't know a ton about louis vuitton or like where they source pro- products or anything but just looking at the the pure fact that they've created this market and this business that people pay a much higher premium for and they see the value in it, which is cool to like, these are things that are like value proposition about your company and that making sure it's coming from cotton that isn't, uh, there's no chemicals in it and making sure that it's coming from people who work in good standings and good labor, right? Like all these things, Mm -hmm. which also helps with your value and why people would pay a 
what some might consider premium, some might consider, you know, normal pricing, but whatever it is, like that all goes into the value of it. Just like how brands like Louis Vuitton and Gucci have also created their value proposition. Oh, totally. And it's, you know, it's not just apparel, it's with so many other industries too. And, and I think that's, what's really cool about our generation is we're like a lot of the big box stores are starting to kind of fade away uh, because we actually do care about the environment. There's a lot of us, this younger generation and our generation that, you know, are paying attention to that because it's not about like the here and now it's about, you know, seeing these transitional effects across generations. Um, a really good example of that is like climate change. <laughs> like um, in Alaska, totally. we see it every single day. Like it's happening here so fast. It's unbelievable. And driving tour buses in the summer, I get people all the time, like once a day, they'll ask me, you know, well, what do you say to the people that don't believe in climate change? And I just like want to slap them because they probably live in a place where it doesn't, they don't see any effects. But here in Alaska, it's happening three times faster than anywhere else. Mm. And so every day, there's huge effects. And so it's really important for our generation to to understand that and then to actually be a part of it and make changes, whether they're personal or with their company. Um, and so that's one thing that's really important to me with my company is to be a part of that movement of, you know, climate change is real. We should care about sourcing and uh, people's, you know, welfare, you know, who are the people creating the other end of this? Who are the people creating the garments? Are they paid fairly? You know, are they all of that? So it's, yeah, it is value proposition and it is important. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, so day three of the trade show. So it's like, you, I mean, you wake up at the ass crack of dawn, <laughs> like, <laughs> you're, you know, yoga in your hotel room on the bed. Cause the floor is disgusting. <laughs> and then you go get your coffee and you, you know, head to the show, like at opening door, you know, the doors open at nine and you're like right there ready to, take it on and it's mentally exhausting like you know it's shopping for clothes and it's fun but you're also like calculating so much of like when these ship dates are happening like what's in my budget what can I you know of course I love all of these items but I have to cut it in half and be realistic Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know because I mean yeah like how do you decide what your budget is and then choosing the pieces Yeah, so I go in, I went in with, okay, like I want my budget for, to be about $5,000. And the $5,000 isn't what I'm going to spend at the trade show that day. The $5,000 is going to be what's coming over the next six months. Um, And then, you know, that can be adjusted by a couple thousand bucks, depending on if things are going well with the store or not, you know. Mm -hmm. So with the I, you know, I really planned this out thinking, okay, I've got, you know, 5,000 ish dollars to spend and I want to bring on three to five new lines. Um, but each line, depending on, you know, who they are, maybe their wholesale sale prices are a lot higher. So you go into each booth and I basically selected, you know, probably a handful of items, um, anywhere from one item from some lines because they just didn't like anything that I saw and I but you know that one item really stuck out or maybe I got like four items per ship date so like four items that are going to be showing up in April and then four items that are become going to be here in July 
And then to shake all that out, you know, like you basically rate items like here's this really cute romper um, from an Australian brand that I found with a really great print that, you know, isn't going to go out of style because I'm not super big on trend. I like pieces that are mm-hmm. that move through your wardrobe for like years to come. And so if, to find these pieces um, is a lot of work because you go through a lot of bullshit. Like there's, let me tell you, there is so much suede happening, <laughs> like suede and ruffles and like Renaissance and pleats. Like it's right like, now. Yeah, and it's all coming. Like you're gonna you're gonna start seeing a ton of like you already have started to see velvet and suede come through. Well it's you're gonna get like slammed in the face over the next like nine months. Oh <laughs> gonna, my gosh. Yeah. And so to hand pick these items that like I can see being still uh, relevant in a person's wardrobe in five years from now. You know, to not go with the super trendy items, even though I think that, oh, maybe I'll sell that and it'll make a quick buck. Like, uh, I don't want to do that. Like, I want to be a unique boutique. I want to have these unique items that, you know, you do pay a higher price for, but you will have in your closet for 10, 15 years. And some of the pieces you can, like, pass down to your children because they're that awesome. (laughs) Right. Yeah, there was, oh my God, I found this one jumpsuit. Um, It's an off-the-shoulder, very fitted black jumpsuit, but it's it's one of these pieces that you would walk into the room and not a single person, you know, would not notice you because you just stand out, but it's so flattering Mm -hmm. and it's not, like, it's not showy. Like, I, you know, to find these, like, classic pieces that are not, like, you know, super revealing, but you know, do have a little bit of sexiness to them, but aren't like, you know, crazy. So just finding these like one of a kind items, it's like, you're literally like <laughs> needle in a haystack and just like hunting, you're just going crazy and hunting for these items. But oh, man, it's fun. It's Did exhausting. We, <laughs> I, I bet. I mean, I'm thinking now too, with like some of the things that you just shared, how are you or how do you manage the growth of the business in terms of, are you seeing the return on the products that you're buying? And like, how do you measure, okay, maybe I shouldn't have brought that. Maybe I shouldn't have bought that product or how does it align then overall branding and things like that? Or how did you like, I know I'm asking a lot of questions right now, but then what inspired your snowbird? And I know you shared a little bit about that, but like knowing when to take that chance to see if something works or when it doesn't. Yeah. So Awesome question. So um, when I first launched in December, I was really worried that I wasn't going to have enough inventory. So instead of sticking with my initial game plan of items that I had picked at the fall trade show, I started shopping online um, for a new brand. Because when I first started before this trade show, like last week, before then, there was companies that wouldn't even let me into their booth because I wasn't an established boutique. They would just be like, sorry, like you should leave now. (laughs) So I was stuck with these like low end brands and ones, a lot of the lower end brands, you have to get what they call a six pack. So you have to get two smalls, two mediums and two larges. Well, that sucks because sometimes you're left with, you know, a small and two larges and you can't sell them. And then they're just, like sitting inventory and that's sitting money, like bad news. And so I I made the mistake of, you know, 
getting like brands that I hadn't personally inspected um, for just for the launch. Um, some of the sweaters that I carry, I didn't personally inspect them. And when they got here, I didn't really like the way that they fit. Um, I didn't really like the material. They're still awesome. Like they are actually really great sweaters, but I would have done it better. Um, but I didn't really have the option. And so this time around, now that I am an established store, uh, it was really, really great to walk into these booths and be like treated as a as a a retailer that was capable of carrying these high end premium brands um, because I started to carry them already. And so when you start dabbing, dabbling into the higher end, you get to what we call open sizing. So you get to say, well, I love this item, but I only want three of them. I don't want, you know, they don't oh. force you to have two smalls, yeah, two mediums and two larges or, you know, having to do an extra small and extra large. So now I get to choose the sizing and I get to choose the quantity, which is a huge lifesaver for me. Um, I'm just so happy and excited about because, I, you know, back to that like black uh, jumper, you know, I can I could get two of them. And that would be fine. Um, I could get two, like a small and a medium or a small, medium, large. And then I feel good, you know, that I only have a couple to sell, but also makes them limited items. But then also if, if that item doesn't work, I don't have 10 of them sitting in my closet, you know, just looking right. at me. And so that has been so great to work with these higher end brands because they are open to that. Um, a lot of brands that I'm that you'll come across, you know, they'll say, well, we have an opening order where they want you to, you know, start out with like $1,500 um, just to bring their line on. Well, wow. What if you don't have $1,500, you know, and you don't even like four of their items. You only like that one cardigan because that one cardigan's awesome. The rest of that stuff like is just generic and you could find it at the mall. So to find those brands and to work with them has been really awesome because I do have some of those brands. Um, one brand in particular, they have this, like it's not even going to show up until October, <laughs> but I saw it and my eyes like went straight to it, but it was this super chunky, like the chunkiest cable knit cardigan you've ever seen with the <laughs> deepest pockets. And it was just like, Oh my God, I want to live in you. Um, and it's awesome because I am probably only going to get three of them because a wholesale price, they're 110 bucks for wholesale. Oh. So you mark that up times two and a half or, right. you know, whatever, I just generally that. Um, so it's, you know, it's not a cheap cardigan, but I don't want to have to buy five of them. I only want like three of them. And mm -hmm. so I, I can now do that. So that has been a total game changer for, for me because from here on out, I feel very, very confident about the pieces that are coming um, because like I said, I've hand selected them and they are like so good. <laughs> Dang. That'll, okay. So that, that explains a lot. I was actually, so one of my friends that I was with this past weekend, she owns, um, she designs scarves and it's a really great collection, luxury scars and stuff. And we were talking about the entire process of sourcing and being able to do design work and then connect like all this stuff. And the, just the process of way like fashion gets to the consumer is quite, um, quite incredible. It's yeah. It's a huge road. Huge yeah. road. What, um, 
I was gonna say too, because I what what were we gonna talk about today? I forget. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We're know still working on this one. It was so sad. It won't yeah, be the last so time we talked though. Uh, no. I know that. Trade show. I don't know. Fashion. You were asking me a bunch of questions. Yeah, uh, just like okay, so talk to us like at this point we're in February. You know, January. Oh, she also did say she's like, you know, fourth quarter is amazing with sales. And then she's like, January, she's like, honey, like sales are just so, she's like, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but have you seen just from managing the business standpoint and being an entrepreneur, like, what are your thoughts at this far? Like, yeah. Walk us through so, like, what you've experienced. I mean, now, been in so, it's funny because I, you know, I've talked to some people, you know, because I've been in this process for like over a year now of, you know, like getting the engine turning of starting this. But my store has really been only open since December 1st. And my first month of sales was awesome. Um, Like it was really great. Uh, It was in line with my goals. um, And I think it, it also helps that December 1st, it was right around the time of the holidays. So people were already shopping. And like we talked about in one of the first podcasts is, you know, people like 60% of the time are shopping for themselves around the holidays. (laughs) So, So I totally rode that train. And I knew that January and February are just dead for retail Um, people are just recovering people don't you know they're it's a slow time for fashion you know it just is kind of slow and so January and February have been like like pretty pretty slow (laughs) as far as sales go Um, and it has been like pretty hard just because December was so great and then like I felt like January and February kind of flatlined but at the same time like I know, like, I keep telling myself, like, you just started December 1st. Like, you're all, your business is only three months old. And, like, yeah. the first year is always the hardest. Like, you know that because that's, you know, the whole world screams that. And so it's okay. And anyway, like, looking back at my the product that I currently have, like, I love all the product that I have. But it's not as exciting to me as the product that I have coming. And that's because I didn't have the chance to select um, the types of product that I that I have available available to me now, and so I feel like from here on out, I'm feeling really really good, um, just to be able to have these limited quantities. And I now like I I have a pretty good roadmap of what's going to happen from now until October, um, as far as you know what's coming, what I can hopefully expect for sales, um, and then. Yeah. Oh, and then the membership side of things. Oh, oh this is yeah. Okay, we need to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so Resolute Boutique and Lifestyle. So the boutique side is obviously the fashion and apparel. But the lifestyle side of things is the events and the travel aspect, um, which is like Oh, gosh, I'm so excited about it. It's going to be launching March 15th, so very, very soon. And I, it's so it's a membership. Um, and within the membership, if you are a part of it, you get 20% off of anything from the boutique side of things once a month. Uh, you get exclusive invites to events around Southeast Alaska and then international trips Ooh. as well. 
and then you get exclusive access to product. So for things like, you know, these one of a kind, um, like cable knit cardigans that are like, just like these gorgeous garments that you just would not find anywhere else. Um, people within the lifestyle membership would have access to. They also have access to pre-order items, you know, so they can get their hands on them first, um, things like that. So I'm extremely excited about it. And, you know, as far as like building the membership side of things, I did a lot of research and a lot of like webinars and podcasts of learning how to create a successful membership uh, because a lot of it is about building your tribe and like building your community. And then being able to cater to them. And that's what I wanted to do. And, you know, I that idea was sparked from, like, myself. Like, I've, I've always, like, I've been shopping online. <laughs> you guys know this by now. Um, mm. My whole life. And I, there was, a, like, a couple times, you know, throughout my life where an event would show up on one of my favorite online stores. And I, like, always wanted to go to it. Um, but it would be so rare and, like, I wasn't old enough or, you know, date conflicts or whatever. And I thought, man, like, how cool would it be to be able to shop the looks, but then also, like, be able to be a part of that brand and be a part of that. And so that's what I wanted to create um, around the Resolute is being able to go out and do these events where you do community service, but you're also having a girl party and you're also getting some merchandise um, and you're just having a good time and learning something new because I love education. I, I love teaching it. Um, I also love learning something new, you know, from my personal side. And so for the Resolute membership, it's, there's an enrollment twice a year. So it's um, pretty exclusive and it's going to be opening March 15th. It'll go for two weeks. So just from March 15th to the, to the end of the month. Um, and then it closes and anybody who's in the membership can, you know, walk away from it at any time, but you can only enroll in March in October. So twice a year. And yeah. And I did that because I didn't like, I wanted it to be, selective I wanted it to be exclusive and I also um, from reading and researching all of this a lot of the um, there was one in particular it was like a marketing membership that somebody was doing and they said that they saw a lot higher numbers when they backed off the enrollment dates so like this guy he his company had a membership and you could enroll year-round it was like open enrollment all the time and he wasn't having a lot of success so then he op- he closed it and just made it once a month and then from there he backed it off to four times a year and every time oh. that he backed it off he saw higher spikes I could and see so- that definitely like you you're putting this a call to action that it's not, right. I mean, if people it's, know that they can always join up, there's no sense of urgency for people to actually take action. Exactly. And so, and, and I, yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> so, and so I decided spring and fall, like those are good times, um, to get people rallied up, you know, March is a good time for, you know, not only new fashion apparel to hit the floor, but also people are like coming out of their wintertime slumber and like mm-hmm. looking for a new adventure and like maybe thinking about travel plans. But then also in fall, you know, when things are dying down or, you know, whatever. And so, um, 
the f- I'm actually I just sent off some emails today because my first Resolute trip is going to be in June. And I'm deciding, I know, I'm super excited. I'm deciding whether or not, which trip I want to do. So um, I'm going to see which one I can get more sponsors for. But one of them is heading down to Baranoff Warm Springs to do some community service there along with the photo shoot. And then there's natural hot springs there. So you can soak, like, it's it's freaking gorgeous like you're next to this massive waterfall it's only accessible by float plane or boat um you've got this huge lake with canoes and stuff you can go canoe around on um and these huge natural hot springs but then they also have these little baths so you can have like a private bathhouse um oh my gosh yeah it's it's unreal and it's so hard to access uh but I know how to get there, and so I want to bring people there, and like, you know, anybody who's a part of the membership gets invites to these, and you know, you know, how do you get here? Of course, I'm going to have it all planned out, and there's going to be an itinerary, and so anybody who has ever wanted to come to Alaska, or maybe they even live in Alaska, but they've never been here, or they just want to have like a girls trip where like it's just good energy because <laughs> anybody who's listening, you know, I'm sure by now you know that I love good energy <laughs> and so being able to share that and to just go on a girl's trip and just have like a great time doing something good and learning something new, but then just also like soaking in these hot springs in the wilderness. So that's one. And the other one, like I said, I'm deciding which one is um, an overnight at a lighthouse. So there's lots of lighthouses throughout Southeast Alaska and they, they just are like kind of run down because there hasn't been, you know, they're all owned by these nonprofits because uh, when Alaska was first being like people were moving in, it was during the gold rush and like um, early, late 1800s, early 1900s. And so these lighthouses were built and um, the U S Navy was responsible for them. And then they got passed off to the coast guard. And since then they just kind of like, they just need help. (laughs) And so I know some of the caretakers who run these nonprofits, and so I thought it would be really fun to bring, like, a group of girls out there, like, music and wine and weed and food and, you know, get some paintbrushes and we'll Wait, help. did you just say what I think you said? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is so funny. I, like, my brain, like, pop, I was like, wait, did she just say what I think she said? Because it's... Is it? It's obviously legal in in Alaska. Then, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I live under a rock, so <laughs> I'm like, what? I mean, it's like that is hilarious. Oh yeah. my gosh. Well, you can come and you can try it out. <laughs> you'll have a good time. You'll get to painting and you'll just get to dancing, and it'll be really good. So there'll be a lot of firsts like, then. <laughs> yeah. Totally. So you know, just like, and within these lighthouses, because I've I've done this. Um, I helped paint uh, the Cape Decision Lighthouse, and we, it was, like, with a historical society with, like, a bunch of, like, old old people, <laughs> but I want to do it with, like, young, you know, people who are excited, but then make a party about it and, you know, scrape off the rust and give it a new paint job and, you know, shine her up, but then 
spend the night in the lighthouse because a lot of these lighthouses have lots of bunks and so there's a lot of space to kind of camp out and there's like a kitchen in there and um there's a generator so you have like heat and um you know so you can have like a little party an overnight party like spending the night in the lighthouse like how cool is that <laughs> yeah I mean so one thing that I've, I've learned about you over these interviews is that anything you do there's always a strong calculated reason as to why or you like you just do a really good job at researching everything even you said you know before I decided to do membership I did research and you're very calculated in your approach which is so smart as an entrepreneur, you're not making emotional based decisions, you're making calculated decisions. Trying to, anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, we, at some point, we all are, right? Um, yeah. What, um, so kind of with the membership, then too, do you have any marketing strategy to get it out? I mean, obviously, things that you have through existing marketing outlets and our, the podcast here, but is there anything that you're going to do above and beyond that? Or I'm not sure, only because I'm like, I'm trying to be, like, this headstrong, like, entrepreneur, like, yeah, but it also kind of scares me, and that's, and so to do, like, to get crazy with the marketing and do, like, uh, something that, like, because right now my my safe zone is, like, oh, I'm going to pitch it to, um, like, it's going to be on the podcast, it's going to be out to my email group and on my social media, but I wasn't going to do anything past that because, and this is so silly that I have to say this out loud now, <laughs> this is like therapy, <laughs> but I'm, like, I'm kind of scared, like, what if it doesn't take off the way I want it to, and then, okay, now talking about this out loud, I'm like, shut up, like, this is going to be so rad. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> or like, do, or do you plan on doing, like, Facebook targeted ads to get people, like, who maybe aren't aware of Resolute to highlight well, that for them? Yeah. Or, so yeah. this this was my grand plan was to do a massive massive Facebook funnel like a where you start off with a blog post about um, I don't know like lace crop tops or whatever, and it eventually like through the system of like the five step funnel you end up with the membership side of things but it's really hard <laughs> to get into Facebook like ads that much to be able to understand it and then to be able to create the content behind it and so that's my plan but I have been lacking because I haven't like I have to sit down and dedicate like a whole day or two or three to really outline how this massive Facebook funnel would run because right now I'm just running like regular ads of like shop the look you know and that's good because that's driving traffic but I want to be able to take it a step further and and pitch the membership side of things but I'm just like I just feel like I'm lacking knowledge <laughs> a little mm -hmm. bit and I need help but it's you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you can only really rely on yourself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, just, so, yeah, I would love to do that. Um, but I think for now, just to keep it in pace with myself and to not like outreach or outdo, I'm just going to do the best I can. And then after enrollment closes, I'm going to focus on this first trip um, the summer and then start planning the the following trip because I want to do an international trip in January I want to do like a Ooh. 
yes, this one, this one will be really fun because I love um, scuba diving and free diving, and I love teaching it. I'm a dive master, so I want to rent a sailboat in the Caribbean and do just like a, a five day like invite obviously um girls trip to anybody that is interested in like ocean cleanup um and learning to free dive and just generally laying out in the on the boat painting our toenails and (laughs) 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 and obviously getting some merchandise um so focusing on that so then I think by October when enrollment opens up again um I might I will hopefully have a better understanding of Facebook ads by then and a better understanding how the first enrollment went um, so that by October I can really like hit it on the head and, and do as best as I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I always say like iterate, iterate, iterate. Like once you push it out for the first time, then it's like going back and figuring out what worked well, what didn't, how, what do you need to change? What, what is different and, going through that. And I think like what most people struggle with is just getting started and pushing that first thing out there for the fear of, you know, being wrong or failing and whatnot, but then just getting over it and then looking at like, okay, what am I learning along the way? Right. My, so my husband was, uh, telling me about uh, Jim Carrey. He like did a speech at some like Harvard university for their graduation. And one of the things that he said was like, you know, you're going to fail. You you can fail at something that you hate or you can fail at something that you love. So you might as well just do what you love. <laughs> you ah, know, that's so true. Yeah, and he gave the example like his dad um, was an accountant and he like he could have been a great comedian, but he chose the safe road and uh, became an accountant. Well, when Jim Carrey was... 12 his dad got fired and like he failed at it because you know he had this whole career as an accountant and now he got fired and he had to start all over and all you know so you know according to Jim Carrey he's like that's that was my deciding moment when he was like 12 to go after what you love because you know wouldn't you rather fail at what you love than fail at what you hate Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah so do that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's where we should end unless you have anything else to add. No. Oh, I do have one joke. I guess it's not really a joke, but when I was a kid, I used to watch Pinky and the Brain. Do you ever watch that? that no, cartoon? but I feel like I've heard of it. I told you, I live under a rock, or I did. I still feel like I do at some point. It was like some cartoon from like the 90s. It was these like little mice and Pinky and the Brain and <laughs> they went, you know, the brain would turn to Pinky and he goes, you know what we're going to do today? And he would go, what? And the brain would say, we're going to try and take over the world. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, Pinky and the brain, this little cartoon (laughs) crap show on Cartoon Network from when I was a kid, like that is so the goal. Like, what are you going to do today? We're going to try and take over the world. (laughs) We're not going to try. We are going to take over the world. Yeah. Girl power. <laughs> That's right. Oh my gosh, this is so crazy to be ending the sixth, like sixth of the six part series. But Cordova, I can't thank you enough. And obviously, we will definitely do like check ins, you guys. So this is not the last time that you'll be hearing from Cordova. But don't forget to go to Resolute Boutique forward slash she to get more information too. 
Yeah, and I just want to do like a little special shout out to, you know, everybody that has been listening and to people who um, asked the questions on the Q&A. Like, thank you so much for for asking, because I feel like that's so awesome when people connect that way. And I just want to thank everyone for listening in um, the this whole series has been really fun um, and I definitely like I think it would be so great to do like a six month check in or oh, see we will. <laughs> <laughs> yes. you can't resist <laughs> no we're definitely doing that awesome yeah, yeah I'm just so grateful for the opportunity and you know f- again for anybody just um, connect with me on Instagram follow the Resolute on Facebook um, sign up for the newsletter because um, it's it's going to be really fun and you know if you have a business Maybe we can collaborate in some way. I just, um, I'm open. (laughs) I'm new and I'm open. (laughs) Yay. Well, thank you, Cordova, so much. I really appreciate it. Yes. Okay. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Bye, love. Later. Thanks for tuning in to the She Did It Her Way podcast. Did you like this episode? Head on over to iTunes.com to leave us a rating and a review. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to check out SheDidItHerWayPodcast.com where you can subscribe to our email list so you can receive the inside scoop on our latest episode released each Monday. Now, do us a favor and go make it a great week.